0: Welcome to the Deeper Dive Podcast. Each week we take a deeper look at the text we covered in worship on Sunday, and we do that by discussing things like historical settings, literary context, the way others before us have read the text, and our reflective approach to reading that same text. This podcast is a part of Calvary's Daily Connection, so we hope you check that out through Calvary's app or by going to connectwithcalvary.org. Well, today on the podcast, we're following up on uh, the section in Acts on uh, Philip and the Ethiopian, Ethiopian uh, eunuch. It's a mouthful sometimes. Uh, and so, uh, let's jump right in with that. Uh,
1: and not only the, uh, the the piece in Acts, but also I had added Sunday this uh, scripture from Romans uh, chapter twelve uh, right. about the transforming or the renewing of our mind, which I think gives us insight into uh, into the resurrection uh, stories after uh, after Jesus ascended into heaven. So, as I said Sunday, there was lots of things going on, lots of changes happening. Um, and that was not only within the, quote, church quote of that time, but also um, uh, within people's lives. Um, Philip was bringing the gospel to two disadvantaged groups. One was the Samaritans. Again, remember, they were a mixture of Babylonians and Jews from some years ago during the exile, and they were considered outcast by the church. And then uh, he moved on to uh, to this eunuch who had been con- considered by the church to be mutilated to some point. Okay, just like sure. the layman. I right. mean, he was physically uh, handicapped. Accessibility, handicapped people were not welcomed in the church. They were considered in to the be temple. Sure, in yeah, the temple. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, uh, but it didn't take long. Uh, after after the persecution began, Philip began to do his ministry. The Holy Spirit and the Lord then began to push him out even further to recognize that the door to the new church, the door to the new Jewish Christian temple, if you would, uh, was open to more than it had ever been open to before. And right. so um, I, I just think that's – I don't know if I can say that enough sometimes. Um, that uh, that was the beginning of it at the very beginning. It contracted, I think, over the years, uh, and now we're trying to figure out how to how to bring that back around. Um, when I was on the board of ordained ministry, uh, some of the folks on the board thought that they were the gatekeepers to the ordained ministry um, and functioned like that many times. Sure. Uh, there was a huge shift while I was on the board, uh, and we became – or at least we, we tried to move from being gatekeepers to being partners or to being mentors or to be guides of those folks who were called into ministry. And so instead of throwing up obstacles in their way, we tried to clear obstacles out of their way so they could answer their call. In right. uh, and, and many ways, Philip was doing that. even. I don't know that in, in the Jewish temple, much activity happened outside the temple, so for Philip to go from Samaria out Samaria, Samaria out to a desert road, really, in some ways was uh, an evangelistic effort that the temple Jewish Christian Jews had not experienced before. Um, and so I just found that to be really interesting. Yeah. Um, And then I wanted to go back for just a moment and talk about this uh, transformation, the renewing of our mind that Paul talks about. And of course, next Sunday I'm going to talk about Paul, not next Sunday, the following Sunday I'm going to talk about Paul and his transformation. But um, this transformed by the renewing of our mind. I was reading this morning, um, I think it was from the website Church Leadership, they're doing a series on sin, uh, because that's not a term that uh, finds favor in very many languages today or very much thought today. Um, but Jesus really came to deal with our separation, which is a dimension of sin, our separation from God, our rebellion of God, our, cho- our choice to uh, make ourselves the priority. That's a part of what he came to redeem us from. And so when we think about uh, Paul's call to the Christians at Rome to transform their mind, we go back into Old Testament, even to the book of Genesis, where it says we were created in God's image. Um, And then because of... uh, because of sin, separation from God happened, and that image in many ways was destroyed. I mean, it happened almost immediately between Cain and Abel. Um,
0: sure, yeah, and the first 11 chapters of Genesis is this downward kind of spiral for both uh, family relationships, culture, uh, we just see that continue to uh, Kind of end up in this very terrible place, and then we uh, we have Noah and mm-hmm. the flood, yeah, Tower of Babel, all those things, yeah.
1: And so uh, God uh, God created a. Uh, I like to ter- talk in terms of systems, but that's just my mentality track. Created a system for having relationship with Him through the very detailed sacrificial system that they used, the temple worship. Um, but there was nothing permanent in that, and the Old Testament is just one, one history of repetition. Coming close to God, rebellion against God. Coming close to God, rebellion against God. Part of that was is that um, the sacrifices um, at, at, at least removed the sin, but it didn't change the person. Uh, and so I, I think, in many in many ways, those brothers and sisters saw that as well. I've paid my sacrifice, whatever form it was in, and then but nothing changed inside of them. And so when Paul's talking about the renewing of your mind and the experience that happened in the book of Acts, just story after story, there's more than just trying to be good. Right, or to even
0: procedurally just do the the correct thing. Um, yeah, in the Old Testament, there's this weird uh, kind of um, uh, back and forth with uh, kind of these major Old Testament figures, right, of of them going, well, sacrifice is important, but it's not about the sacrifice. If you look at David, David is this uh, person who's going, you don't even want these things from me. Like, the, the sacrifices are not what your desire is mm-hmm. for me it's you know to have uh, clean hands pure heart these are the things that you desire and so there's this kind of uh, movement uh, even early on in the old testament that that kind of says this is this is important but this is not the the end of the of the road mm-hmm. and um certainly Jesus takes that up a couple notches in the gospels for sure
1: it um it uh comes to the transformation happens when however you want to say it uh if you've grown up on the church in the church all of your life you may not have had a damascus road experience of sort Uh, on the other hand um, you may have grown up in the church and had a damascus road experience certainly Mm -hmm. if you didn't grow up in the church Um, And I'm not even sure I like the way that sounds, but if if you had no connection to Christian faith uh, and one day it happened to you, uh, it was more of an experience. Uh, It may have been a calm happening. It may have been like my brother Steve I told you about who was was found in the middle of the field, dumped by his friends thinking he was dead. That was a Damascus Road experience for him. Um, But then what happens? And that's uh, that's the work of the Holy Spirit in the New Testament, and it begins almost immediately when Jesus said, "You need to wait for power," uh, in Acts one eight, and then Acts two one, when that power came. Um, I've grown. I've 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 been in in so many s- circles over the years, including Pentecostal Charismatic circles, that I think sometimes got uh, lost in the manner in which that uh, coming of the Spirit happened in terms of getting caught up in the, the speaking of tongues and things, but uh, the significance that I saw that happened, and the reason I saw it is because it happened to me, is that uh, after the Holy Spirit came into me one Sunday morning, I didn't speak in tongues, but I started out the next morning to share Christ with a number of people that I wasn't sure. They were friends of mine, and I wasn't sure right. where their heart was. Yeah. Uh, and that what we see in the book of Acts was really the result of that coming of the Holy Spirit in power and in authority. Um, I'm always fascinated by the signs and the miracles that accompanied that. Uh, I'm not I'm not sidetracked by it, but I'm always Mm -hmm. interested in how that happened and what that did to catch people's attention. Because when you have 3,000 being added and 5,000 being added and numbers being added daily, um, that to me says we've got new names written down in the Lamb's Book. We've got new folks who are committing to Jesus Christ. And the whole book of Acts is a story of... uh, of um, how that began to unfold in the New Testament because not only was their relationship with God changed, they were now a child of God. In their inner being, their inner soul, something was also changed and the Holy Spirit came in and took a hold of them and they became deeply appreciative, deeply passionate about that relationship with Christ and that relationship with God. I think that's what Paul's talking about. Mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's hard to to explain because it's not clearly stated, but something happened to that Ethiopian in that chariot that says, now understand, I did just a little bit of background on on some of the relationships people had with the temple. Um, Some of the folks uh, were pure Jews, some of the folks were Samaritans who had a mixture of Jewish and Bam- Babylonian back. Some were pure Gentiles who had none of the above. And then we had those folks who would physically not been accepted at all. And one of the things that I found um, is that in, in, in the temple worship, then proselytites, that's a, a name that we use differently today. Right but proselytites had accepted judaism and circumcision right which for judaism was the big sign
0: right they weren't born into it but they they appropriated uh, all of the all of the rituals all
1: the customs mm-hmm. including circumcision mm-hmm. yeah yeah and then there was a group called god-fearers they didn't go to the length of circumcision but continued to attend jewish worship in their synagogues and to read Jewish scriptures, again called God Fears. My guess is that's where the Ethiopian was in this. Right, most likely. Um, yeah. Yeah. Best scenario, that's mm-hmm. where he was in this. Um, and so um, I just I, I would love to know what his story was after uh, Philip was taken up and he continued rejoicing on his way back to where he went. Um, right. But uh, we don't have that. Uh, probably if, if I dug into history, uh, we might see a movement back down in that uh, area uh, mm-hmm. where he went. but I, I didn't do that. so um, had a, had a couple of thoughts. Um, one of the, one of the random tracks I took off on for just a bit is, uh, what do we have in the church today that's exclusive to people? and and I've been in the church all of my life, which is more than a couple of years, and uh, there have been times where if you lived across the tracks in the trailer park, they really didn't want to invite you to come and be a part of their experience. Um, Or for some, you had to become good enough. Um, So if you had baggage left from your past, Uh, And we'll talk about that in a couple of weeks with what Saul experienced. If you had baggage left from your past, you were not trusted and at times simply not welcomed. Um, There's always been this uh, diatribe upon (laughs) what's acceptable sin. Uh, For even the most honest folks in the church um, – The you know they have in their mind what sins acceptable and what sins not acceptable. and That's changed over the years. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. When I was in high school, uh, if you and your girl uh, uh, became uh, with child, the only acceptable thing to do was to marry her. Mm-hmm. Uh, until we had all of these children, then added more children, and then divorced because. That relationship was not built on anything other than right. physical relationship. Uh, we've experienced, you and I both have, the uh, idea that there's only one way to worship. We still experience that today. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, whether that's in music or whether that's in what happens in the worship service or whether that's even what, what time the worship service is. Um, sometimes uh, one's theology. Baptism has always been a fascinating one to me because some believe you only are saved if you are – I have some – my dear brother Steve and I, we loved each other in Christ, but we did not agree on some baptism issues. Right, And so there was one venue or one strain that said if you had to be baptized after Christ within 24 or 48 hours. Oh. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's – Uh, It's pretty specific, yeah. (laughs) So, uh, and then um, some say only by immersion. We Methodists do it by uh, by sprinkling, or by immersion if we happen to have a pond or a creek or swimming pool. All kinds, yeah. yeah. Um, So it's also. I was just thinking about this the other day. I came across something that took me way back about expectations of uh, young preachers going into the ministry and. uh, I interned one summer – in fact, I interned at this church two summers back-to-back, back. Um, and all of the uh, mothers who had daughters available <laughs> invited me over for dinner yeah. because they didn't want a preacher not to be married, which I just thought was interesting. Yeah. Um, and with that then comes another whole line of what's welcomed and what's not welcome. And, and, um You don't have to. I mean, I think that the uh, the Jewish Christian Church was pretty clear, uh, but there's we've gotten much more subtle and refined. They were aware that
0: most of those preachers in the Bible were not married. Is that is that right?
1: I have no (laughs) idea what they were aware (laughs) of. Um, I always find that funny. I I just (laughs) oh my, I yeah, uh, yeah, because that's the last thing that I wanted to do. you know and then 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 Paul comes along in in one of his unique twists of interpretation and says it would be much better if you were never married right. you know and so here you are as a young man wrestling with all of that stuff and yeah
0: and you know um, it's a yeah it's a typical Paul and Jesus move where you know they say you know what that, the issue that you're talking about is not really the issue here right. like this is there are there are bigger questions than this. Let's, let's talk about those. Mm -hmm. Let's look at those. And, um, and I think that's what, uh, you know, that's what these, these sections and acts tend to do, I think is to, to move the, um, to move the conversation into much more healthy areas, you know, instead of drawing these lines about how far can you uh, be a part of us. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the just, they take it and they turn it and they say, how far are you willing to go, mm-hmm. you know, from what you think is, uh, in or out. And, um, it really, uh, you know, the circle just continues to get wider and X mm-hmm. wider and wider and wider. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm always, I'm always curious to, uh, you know, to do kind of a, a pre-Acts uh, interview with those apostles and a, a post-Acts interview <laughs> with those apostles. I mean, they 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 have got to. Um, boy, to think of it, I mean, you, you talk about transformation. I mean, uh, that must have seemed like an incom- completely other life to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, even as grand as the resurrection uh, was for them, the the people that they were uh, at the beginning of Acts and the people that they were at the end of their experiences in acts completely different um and that's in the absence of Jesus you mm-hmm. know in his incarnated state so um i, I think it really is a, a testament you know when jesus says you'll you'll do these things and more i think acts is a great picture of that we don't always you know we don't always think about that we we kind of get locked into the gospels sometimes and mm-hmm. and uh Acts is just as important, I think, for uh, us understanding
1: Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because Acts really talks about the result of Jesus being in our life. Right. The gospel Mm -hmm. talks about getting Jesus into your life. Right. Acts Mm -hmm. talk about what happens now. Yeah. What does this look like? What does this look like? So. I had just one other thought running through my mind, and that is this thought, and uh, probably is a bit triggered because not only are we teaching the Course of Study course, but I'm getting ready to teach the uh, theology class for a licensing school, but uh, uh, I've been a Christian for a while. Do I still need transformation? Isn't that an interesting question? And the question then is, uh, am I still open to transformation? Right. And I have a book laying on my desk that I've been trying to read now for two years, which just can't seem to get it done. But the title is the book. of of the of the book is How Good Is Good Enough? And I think that's a wrestling that sometimes. Yeah. um, For me, I I think I will, and I hope. That's what I hope. Is that on the last day that I live on this earth, there will be some transformation moment in my life that I will, at that mo- moment, realize something deeper about God than I did before. Right. So Wesley talks about her being lifelong learners. So anyway. Yeah. All right.
0: Well, anything else you want to toss in there toward the end here?
1: I think I pretty well tossed what I have. Okay. All right.
0: <laughs> Well, we do uh, thank all of you for listening today. And if you uh, want to get in touch, have any uh, follow-up questions, uh, any of that, find us on Facebook or email, website, uh, all the regular ways. And we'll be back next week with a deeper dive uh, in continuing in our series on transformation uh, post-confirmation. So it'll be fun. Uh, I think the text is uh, Jesus uh, talking about us as No longer servants, but friends. So that'll be a a great text. So until then, grace and peace.